Hello and welcome to Irish Ears, a Disney fancast, your Irish viewpoint on Disney news with a slight bias on our home park Disneyland Paris. I am your host, Stuart from DLP Tips for Irish, and today I'm going slightly solo. Our lovely Megan can't make it tonight, but we're thinking of her and she'll be back in the podcast very soon. The silver lining is that we are joined by a very special guest in our first Symphony of Superfan series. You may know her as Happily Ever Ashling. It's Ashling Tennyson from the telly. Hello, Ashling. Hello. Ashling was meant to pop on Hello. for a kind of a guest interview situation, but she now knows that she's pretty much co-hosting the entire episode. <laughs> so welcome, <laughs> Ashling. Um, it's been a while since you've been on the telly, so thanks for popping in to this um, very low-budget version of <laughs> Ireland AM. I'm, dis- I'm sure you're disappointed that you're not speaking Tommy Bow, but I'll do my best. Um accent if you want <laughs> um no i'm not, so happy to be here glad to be the first guest a very big privilege big honor tell us where it started and we'll just we have like i have like 45 questions for you so go ahead where did it all start um well i think like everyone else it started watching disney movies when i was small and in 2004 i went to disneyland paris for the first time that was my first ever Disneyland Paris, Disney Park experience, and I absolutely love it. And it's one of my biggest childhood memories. Is And Jasmine wasn't even my favourite princess, so this is why the story is still stuck in my head. I was where I got a Jasmine pin, and I still have it. Her arm broke off, but I still have it. And she was in the parade, and I was like, oh, my God, it's you. Look at the pin, it's you. And then she waved at me and blew me a kiss, as the princesses do to all the little girls dressed up like princesses. And that's just like in bed engraved in my brain. So since then, I always loved it. And then I got to go back again in 2015 for my second trip. And around that time, that was when all YouTube was kind of kicking off. So a lot of the like US parks had, were starting to come with like um, bloggers that were there regularly. So I was always watching their vlogs. And then I got to go back in 2021. That was when I got my annual pass and that kind of like kickstarted it all. I took my boyfriend on his very first Disney trip. And in my head, when I was looking at it, I was thinking, you know, annual passes, obviously they're going to be in the thousands, which we are on the way probably <laughs> yeah. for annual passes now. But uh, I couldn't believe it was literally like six year or more than four day to park tickets. So I decided to just get the annual pass and then I had privilege tickets, RIP kind of maybe to go along with them for my boyfriend to come. So we just cancelled our original 800 euro tickets and were able to get it with the annual pass. And then I went on 13 more trips since. <laughs> Only 13. Look at number 13. <laughs> Only 13. <laughs> I'm sure you have yeah, so... many more planned, um, but we'll get to those in a few minutes. Yeah. Um. So have you just visited Disneyland Paris or have you been to any other parks or... What is your? I haven't been to any of the US parks yet, but my I would ideally like to go to California first. Um, I definitely have found that I am more of a Disney like for the vibes kind of a person rather than running around and trying to get everything done in a day. Although I did do a challenge not that long ago of seeing how many rides I could do in a day, and I did get to twenty, and that was day for me and Stuart met up one time. I remember, yeah. Um, <laughs> I did wrecked. get to twenty. Uh, so that was good going for 20 in one day. Um, a lot of that was thanks to Single Rider. But um, yeah, I've, the I think I would prefer California over Florida now that I've gone to Disney Empire so much. Originally, a lot of the Disney vloggers and that kind of thing were based in Florida. And I was always kind of like, that was where I would have liked to go. But now I think I'd rather go to the original park first. 
good California. I think it's more my taste just yeah, for them is, to buy. This is definitely a, a California friendly podcast. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we kind of prefer <laughs> it a little bit more than. Yeah, exactly. Well, like she basically is going to move in there soon. So, um, no, I've, I've been to both and I didn't, I didn't like respect California enough when I went. I was like, I just went, tagged it on uh, to like a Vegas trip, I think it was. Um, and Two you know, completely opposite things. Oh, stop. Well, the hangover was just coming out at the time. So like, you know, Vegas was a thing to do. And we just kind of nipped into Anaheim and to Universal Studios in California. And I have pictures, but like, I'm not wearing any Disney gear at all. And it's just like this absolute noob going into yeah. Walt's Park, you know, but now I'd be like kissing the floor. Um, but but no, that is like, you know, I'm always saying that it like I'm not a Disney snob. Like I don't care where people have visited, you know, I don't care if you've gone once or twice, it's the love you have for just anything to do with Disney or any Disney park. Like clearly like you thirteen times in one annual pass, that's pretty good going. I think you've proven your salt <laughs> with, with that. Yeah. With, with you're you're in the fan club, okay? You're in the fan club. Um so your favourite ride, what is it? Um, in Disneyland Park, it has to be Big Thunder Mountain and in Walt Disney Studios Tower Tower. They're Oof. definitely the top two. Yeah. Trail rides. And favourite favorite shows, I guess, to go with it. Um, I definitely picked Clark together. I think that just took the cake for me. I really yes. liked it over Mickey and the Magician. I think Mickey and the Magician is, is great, but also I seen it when I was here in 2015. So that is a, like a, almost 10 years, you know, going so to have Pixar together come in like as a new one, it just really is great, I think. Yeah, I think Mickey Magician is suffering a little bit from do you know what it is? It's a bit like Stars on Parade in that it's really mm. it's it, it really pleases um the people who don't go often. And you, yeah. you get to see loads of princesses and you get to see like, you know, you're ticking off Genie and you're ticking off Everyone, yeah. Everyone like that, but like the show needs more i think and like like no, no shade on the cast members at all like i i really enjoy the show and for a lot of people it's their favorite show um just like you said like together with the innovation and the kind of sensory stuff going on it's brought it to a new level i think probably yeah i definitely think like technology i think disney and powers are doing technology really well like integrating it like with the drones and everything that it is keeping it kind of fresh whereas uh, Mickey and the Magician is purely like a stage, like a mini West End show with all your favourite kind of characters in that kind of a sense. But I think, yeah, the two of them, it's kind of hard to compare them because they are a bit different, like a good bit. There's a lot more interactive stuff in Pixar together. I think that kind of brings it up to the next level. Yeah, so Big Thunder Mountain and Terror of Terror. I've seen you doing photo pass pictures of yourself alone on Tower of Terror. <laughs> How do you manage that? <laughs> I, I, need, I need emotional support to go on Tower of Terror. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know. I really like it. And the funny thing is, is I absolutely hate carnival rides, you know, the drop carnival rides where it's the big tower or not like a tower. It's just basically like a pole. And then it, the circles are, the seats are all the way around in a circle and it drops down. I hate those kind of things. But I, for some reason, really like Tower of Terror. And I also hate anything scary like you couldn't pay me enough to get me into a haunted house but i will gladly go on tower tower over and over again as long as you know the line's like 20 minutes or less that's kind of my match for waiting <laughs> but uh yeah no i just love it i don't know why yeah well a lot of people love it and a lot of people um big Thunder mountain is i mean it's hard not to love that in paris it's just 
knocks it out of the park completely. Did you were you there with me when we discovered that? Well, not discovered that. I'm sure everyone knows it's apart from us, but that it runs faster at like nighttime. Oh yeah, I think it. Yeah, that was was that, that was the, the annual pass party or something? Yeah, yeah. Because we got off yeah. and I was like, "Geez, that was faster than before." And then the cast member said, "Yeah, yeah, we can go faster and colder at nighttime or whatever." So yeah, there um, you go. Top tip for I'm big definitely all for going, making it going faster. Yeah, oh. <laughs> even during the day. Well, I can't wait to I see always... what they do with the kind of yeah. renovations. Oh yeah, me too. Let's open the next one. Maybe they can that? go faster again. Yeah, hopefully. I because I always faster. introduce it as. Um, like try Casey Casey Junior, and if you think it was completely fine, then that's like the next roller coaster to, to try. Oh, yeah. Big Thunder. So it's yeah, not sure. that fast. <laughs> so I definitely think if they could like amp it up a bit, that would be really great. Maybe they should run Big Thunder like slower, um, during certain hours for people who would just want to like ease their way into the whole trail ride thing. Because I always oh, say Big was... Thunder is like it's like your gateway drug, isn't it? into yeah, trail rides yeah I think so definitely especially with kids because the I think is the height requirement a little bit smaller on that one than like fly force and oh yeah yeah for sure. I'm really sure it is yeah so it is a good like seven stone on the way up to try that one first before you go for in the dark upside down <laughs> yeah the thing I love about Big Thunder is that you're going on it right and you see people going around the mountain and that's fine I've brought a lot of people on it for the first time and I think their first time and like they see going around the mountain and they're like, oh, this looks fun and a bit of spray of water or whatever. But when you go on, like spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't been on Big Thunder, <laughs> but when you're going on and off, you're going on and off the island. So you're going underneath the, the river and um, it's just completely dark and it runs really fast like a, like a getaway train. So the, almost the fastest parts of the ride are the, the start and the end. So it just smacks you in the face. Like as soon as you as soon as like okay bye cast member best of luck <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> yeah definitely the the first bit and the last bit are always where you hear like the most screams on it compared to like everyone's kind of laughing and giggling and start talking to each other when you're actually on the mountain and then it's like <gasps> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um a bit of a twist on this one now what is your favorite ride that other people hate um hmm like for mine for example like mine is it's not my favorite ride in the park, but something like Casey Junior, where like people wouldn't go on it like often, but again, it has to be done kind of thing. Or a Cars Road Trip, where um, you know, as a parent of two young kids, like just getting them to sit down for like fifteen minutes <laughs> is <laughs> is like a bonus, and there's never a queue. So a lot of people hate on Cars Road Trip, but I kind of like, yeah, let's do it, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't say okay. This might be cheating, but um, Mickey's Phil Her Magic. Oh, yeah. It's one that I love and not many people either know about or it is in a really weird spot of the park where it's kind of behind Space Mountain and you think that there isn't anything real there or it's only Star Wars stuff. But there's hardly ever anyone in it, I feel like, especially unless it's raining, I feel like some people might gravitate towards it if they've been to the parks before. But that's kind of one that not really people hate, but I suppose people wouldn't go to it because it's kind of way out of the way because there's not really apart from Orbitron and Buzz and then it's kind of not kids stuff in that next section because you have Space Mountain and then behind that you wouldn't think there really is anything but yeah probably that one yeah and if we we're to believe uh, the rumours that's due to be like knocked down soon that whole area <laughs> well that's the next like 20 years <laughs> um, 
to make way for some sort of mini Star Wars land. So go see Philharmagic yeah, um, yeah, while you can. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense to knock it down and put Star Wars there. I think that definitely would have been suited to the studios. I'm not sure why I didn't put that over there in the first place instead of like Stitch Live, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Just stop. put that there instead. <laughs> Everyone um, knows. Yeah, because it, it makes more sense kind of to be in the studios because it's going through all the different movies, which is makes sense with the studios team, yeah, I, even I though think... it's not really a team anymore over there. Do you know what, like Disney Imagineers, not so much Imagineers, but whoever's in charge of the parks, the planning of the parks more so than the building of the of the rides. Like they put Tron in Magic Kingdom in Florida. They don't care. <laughs> they don't yeah. care. If they have some space. <laughs> They'll just put whatever they can, whatever. So the fact that you know, Discovery Land was meant to be this beautiful French like ode to Jules Verne and all that steampunk stuff. And then they just gonna ram Star Wars stuff in Star there. Star Wars like, in the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, the same with the Alice Stunt Show. I mean, that doesn't really fit anywhere in the park, never mind right beside Avengers Campus, where it could yes. easily have been a Marvel show or something similar along those lines. I mean, even you could do it as a, like, a, it used to be a car stunt show, so in actual, like, cars, like, instead of cars road trip, a car stunt show where you have Lightning McQueen or something. You're I talking think. too much sense, too much sense. <laughs> Um, on that topic, like I know we always go, this podcast is famous for its segues. We just start talking about something <laughs> and then we go off. Um, but that whole Alice in Wonderland live action stunt show has gone very quiet in the last few weeks and months. So yeah, there's some promotional be, stuff. Like, I can't it see it opening the next were, month. There was or two. lots of, um, like on DLP Works, lots of updates of seeing what, what was happening. There was something happening and then they were looking for cast members and then. Um, Nothing really sense. <laughs> You're looking for a few bikes. I thought it would actually have been open by now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm really hoping. I just um, can't imagine what it's going to be like, really. Well, it's going to be crazy because Alice, the world of Alice is crazy, especially the live action Tim Burton movies. Yeah, so, that's why I presumed it would be more based on than. Yeah. Oh, the original you know, cartoonish. I mean, it <laughs> might make sense. Yeah, the overall plan for studios when it's all put together, it might make sense that this is a wacky corner or something i don't know who knows anyway back to yourself <laughs> yeah, <who> <laughs> um <laughs> snacks we all love snacks what is your favorite snack in the park definitely uh mickey waffles from cool Pulse in adventureland yes. i get asked that's probably one of my most asked questions whenever i have them in a blog and um, that i got mickey waffles is where do you get them adventureland and cool Pulse. it's across from colonial hades um that's where you get the ones that are the mini ones and then you get the large ones because everyone always asks as well in Victoria's and the food truck outside the studios. I don't know if you can get them anywhere else. I don't think so. Maybe seasonally yeah. some places, but the, the, the studios the kind of one kind of moves around a bit. Like studios is, is a law unto itself these days. Um, but definitely, um, I I just think that like the ones in Victoria's are always covered in some sort of sauce, like a caramel sauce. or, or Yeah. So good luck eating that without getting that over yourself. And then the mini ones as well, they're great for sharing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Three I think so, definitely. Ones. Yeah, and I can't remember how much they are. I think they're... About a fiver. I don't think they're, yeah, I don't think they're that bad, especially for how much you get. They used to be better during the 30th anniversary, I will say, oh, I know. when they were doing a lot of things better. You got Everything was. chocolate <laughs> and marshmallows. There's a lot of things. <laughs> but um, now they just have Nutella on them, just by itself. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely my favourite snack. Mickey waffles. Uh, I go actually, I found, I, that, sweet treat. I found that during the anniversary they were cooking them fresh. 
<laughs> and then yeah, they're not. I thought that as well. Yeah, no. They open a drawer. Yeah, they open a drawer and put them onto the machine for like 30 seconds and then serve you up like kind of crispy waffles. Yeah, I've been finding that too. Oh, Lordy. Well, let's let's stay positive. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite time of the year? So what kind of season, what kind of vibe is your, do you prefer when it's like cold and like wrap up warm with a hot chocolate or do you prefer like blue skies and sun cream? I think... Um, like end of September, start of October is my ideal time weather-wise. I do love Christmas, but I will say Christmas is fine for me for like a, a one or two day trip where you're only not going to be out for five days in the cold. Um, definitely, I think September and October, when I went for the start of Halloween, not this year, the year in 2021, um, it was so nice that it was almost like summer weather apart from just at right at night time for the fireworks and right in the morning like when you're heading to the parks and then during the day it was really nice so I think that's my favorite time kind of just before Halloween-ish September definitely weather-wise for just you're not absolutely sweating and you're not absolutely freezing it's a good yeah, balance for sure like I went um for the end of the anniversary there and yeah it was t-shirts pretty much all day and then like the option of a hoodie at night time yeah um, and yeah. then we went for Christmas and you're kind of like, oh, when, once you get rained on and then you have like all your stuff with you and it's all wet and cold, it's kind of like, oh, where's the magic gone? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you, you kind of have to mix it up a little bit. But yeah, you can definitely do longer trips during the summer. That's that's definitely my, my gig. Um, yeah. You touched on favorite memory in the parks earlier with the Jasmine interaction. Did you have anything else or was that your favorite memory full stop? Um. Well, I really like taking my boyfriend for the first time because when I have taken like my mom and my cousin, they had already been before we went on Christmas this year and Halloween the year year before that with my mom and my cousin. But with my boyfriend, it was his first time ever being in Disney. So it was good to see an adult like just going to the park who did like Disney, but wasn't like a massive fan. And then like just how much he enjoyed it and then wanted to go back again. And we went back again then the same year. A couple of months later basically for Christmas um yeah I think that was great because it was um a good mix we went for four days and when you're four days with just two adults obviously we don't have kids so we are can kind of do what we want and we're not tied to any schedules we the were have, had a good mix of getting <laughs> we got everything done he doesn't like thrill rides so but we got everything done like I did the thrill rides as well because it was my first trip as well back and had a good amount of time just like kind of wandering around because it was when it was really hot in the parks so we had a good mix of just kind of like chilling out and enjoying the vibes of Disneyland Paris but then also getting to actually get everything done as well yeah that sounds ideal like for people who um are a bit of the younger variety like in your 20s and stuff like that please enjoy the time that you have um before (laughs) kids and please enjoy the vibe before they come along and start pulling at your trousers like the whole time and uh, not saying that you can't go back without kids but you do get funny looks when you have two young kids and you've been you're telling people that you're going over by yourself <laughs> or going over yeah. with your wife and you have the kids at home um but yeah that sounds ideal like i'm always telling people like for trips that like the vibe is just way more important than some sort of checklist of getting everything done it's just yeah like, it'll always be there to go back to i know it's expensive but like you and me are in the Adagio Saris fan club and like 
Yeah. Just put an annual pass, Adagio Saris. You found like 10 euro Verling flights the other day. So, a 10 euro flight, my next trip. So like, <laughs> if I get one I mean, home at the same price, they'll be good doing well. But people are obsessed with like staying in the Marvel Hotel or the Disneyland Hotel. And yeah, I have, and they say, I've only ever stayed in Santa Fe and um, Newport Bay when I was with you at the annual pass party because I stayed solo. So I wanted to be able to walk to a hotel where there was ever in rain, obviously, because we were going to be there till two in the morning. And there's the only two times out of all my trips that I've stayed at the Disney Hotel, majority of my trips have been at the Adagio High Fox Towers. I am yeah. genuinely to, number one fan. To, <laughs> we have to just mention the sausages in Newport. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you remember your room service? Yeah, that was uh, an incredible deal. And I don't know why more people don't talk about that. Well, from what I got, I got, I can't even remember how many I got. Just too many, but <laughs> that room service deal, I don't know if it's in every Disney hotel, but definitely look at the room service menu if you're not adding breakfast onto your package. I think it was like 12 euro and it was a full fry up with a lot. <laughs> I think I got five or six sausages, something like that. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> Send more sausages. <laughs> yeah, definitely look at the room service if you're staying at a Disney hotel. But yeah, no, I stay off site most times and People are always shocked that there are off offsite hotels, especially if it's their first trip that they're booking. That a lot of people hear of Explorers and that kind of loop of hotels, Dream Castle, because they're very family friendly. But for example, with the Adagio Hotel, they have a bus loop. So there is a shuttle bus to the parks and it's also only like a 13 to 15 minute walk. And you can act, once you turn the corner, basically, of the bottom of the street of Adagio, you can see Tower of Terror. So that's how close you are to the parks. And on their bus loop, there are three hotels and their busy bus is like a quiet bus for the Explorers, Dreamcastle, B&B, Campanile, that whole row of hotels. And I feel like people always go for that row, that whole thing, because they're really marketed as family friendly. Whereas this one is just a, kind of a, a cheap, cheerful clean really nice budget hotel with a, a pool outside it so it's not as family friendly in that there's playgrounds and arcades and indoor swimming pools and all that kind of stuff but definitely if you're looking to go on a budget even if you have kids um it even has like a kitchenette where you can go to valley Earth and buy you know stuff for cooking breakfast if you're looking to save even more money that you can actually cook your breakfast in, in the hotel instead of adding on and then walk to the park or get the bus and it's much quieter and more peaceful than the other uh, hotels, I will say. Please note, this podcast is not sponsored by Adagio Saris. <laughs> <laughs> if Adagio Saris would like to reach out to this podcast for a sponsorship, well, please let us know. Yeah. yeah, DM for club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, and it's a very good hotel. And the staff are always really lovely. And like I've seen there, I think, six times. So, you know what? I'm staying there next it. month, like... I can't fault the place. Fair enough, it needs a few licks of paint and whatever. But as a, like a hashtag Disney dad, I would say that um, having the par- having the, your bed literally so close to the parks and having a kitchenette and a fridge and stuff like that is way more important. Um, and being able to get like milk really close by <laughs> um, is way yeah. more important than you know some sort of sticky soft play area and a pool that yeah. apparently has. Um, uh, a challenging level of uh, cl- cleanliness uh, going on. 
So yeah. moving on then to look forward-looking statements. Um, what are you looking forward to most in the next few years? And don't say Arendelle. Okay. Um, well, I haven't seen million splashes of colour. I am looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to it in the hopes that it proves me wrong from what I've seen online. You've seen it in person, haven't you? No. So, no. I, I, oh, I've have you not? A, okay. I've made a horrible mistake by not by not booking the trip in between uh, February 10th. And I know, I was, supposed to, yeah. I was supposed to be staying there on February 10th was my birthday, and I was supposed to be staying in the Disneyland Hotel, but had to move it, so that's going to be later in the year. Um, so I was going to be there on the opening day, day of it, but, oh, thank you. Um, what I have seen on it, it seems a bit like millions of splashes of colourless. Yes. It seems a bit flat <laughs> or something. And I get that it's supposed to be like it's animated, like it's a 2D drawing kind of, that kind of style. But I don't know. I think maybe I'm comparing this to, to Dream and Shine Rider subconsciously. That doesn't look as colourful. I think it looks really cool. But I don't know. I have to, I feel like I have to see it in person to fully make my decision. So I am looking forward to seeing that in hopes that it will actually be really good. And um, what else am I looking forward to? I think, uh, well, the drone show, I haven't seen that either. So okay. the new, the electric yeah. those two. Um, I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what they do with Studio One in the studios, especially. The last time I was, the last trip I was on in January, I was taking pictures of like all of it and taking videos because I was like, this could just be closed any month soon. And because I know they have planning permission to, do up the inside with so I just imagine they'll be walking around the two edges of the studios this studio want yeah. to get into it so yeah I'm looking forward to see what they do with it I feel like they're really moving away from the Walt Disney Studios kind of vibe for the whole studio so I don't know if they're well like obviously we don't really know but I don't know if they're going to stick with it or if they're going to just do something completely different like make it into I don't know something really general rather than the way it is right now, like Hollywood studio teams, which I think would be sad to see that kind of go. I think that's the only kind of Hollywood-ish part of the studios that is left. So yeah, I don't know, I'm looking Paris, forward to see what uh, they do with that. Has this kind of, uh, I have no insider information here whatsoever, but they have this sort of mantra at the moment of like corporate luxury. <laughs> and if they yeah. apply that to studios, I don't know how that's going to work really. Because like, even with like Disney Village, it was always meant to be a little bit silly. It was always meant to be, you know, nineties like, not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, like leaning yeah. into that whole thing where that we're not trying to be too cool. Whereas yeah. I think nowadays they're going to make Studio One into like a an awards ceremony after party vibe. Which <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I thought that looking at Rosalie, I know that's probably not owned by Disney Paris, but that is the vibe for the rest of Disney Village of what the way it's heading. Like that kind of thing. I was like they'd carried something like that, like a a more like a not character dining, but a more like high class restaurant into the restaurant that's already there or something like that. I thought that I don't know. I just don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know. I'm interested to see. Nuggets. Yeah, yeah where'd you get the your the only really chicken burger in Disney Paris? Do I go into that place a lot? No, but... No, <laughs> I hate it. Does anyone that goes a couple of times more than once know? Um, right, so what would you change if you were if you were going to do up studios, for example, or if you were going to make some magical changes to either like a hotel or to Disneyland Park, what would you change if you were in charge? 
Um, for studios, I would 100% be putting a Cars Land like they have in California where Cars Road Trip is. They can keep Cars Road Trip if they want. If they love it that much, maybe add something else to it on the drive round before you get to the, no spoilers, bit in the middle. Um, <laughs> I think you're safe. They, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But a Cars Land, I think, and it would be perfect that you're kind of walking up that path when you're walking up two cars. They could make it look like the street um, where it was the Radiator Springs. They could make like that bit look a bit like it and then you get to it and it's maybe a cars, the fast cars ride that they have in California. Um, not changing Tower of Terror into Guardians in studios <sighs> would be number one on my list. I know, I don't think Megan agrees with that. I think she said before that she wouldn't mind Mitch being changed into Guardians, but I would not. <laughs> Well, just um, on, sorry for the segue, but just during the week, um, we had kind of, this is not um, in any way classified information, but there was a gentleman from the Vacoma, I think you pronounced that, Vacoma uh, company. They are a theme park roller coaster company that, and they do, um, they do Avengers Flight Force. They're a company that makes Flight Force, but they also make, uh, Cosmic Rewind in Florida and they were pictured in Avengers Campus and they were like I don't know how these pictures like they were pointing at Terror of Terror oh no. oh yeah. no I'll send you the picture after the podcast <laughs> um, yeah I wouldn't touch Tower of Terror um, like I said earlier Marvel stunt show I think because that makes sense um, and in Toy Story Land Woody and Buzz should be meeting where that random blue building is down the bottom with the monkeys on it they should be there or they should be somewhere in Toy Story Land and keep the Pixar place is that what it's called Pixar place for the Pixar characters worlds of Pixar I think yeah I think uh, also it needs a playground in Walt Disney Studios I'm not even a parent but I think they should have a Toy Story themed playground just Pixar playground easy throw it in yeah. easy done um, yeah I don't know I think I do like Disneyland Park as it is. I don't think there is, except for um, Discoveryland being a little bit all over the place right now. But I don't think there's many things that I change in Disneyland Park. I think that's kind of okay for now. What do you think of Indiana Jones? Oh, no, that can go. <laughs> I changed my <laughs> That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, I haven't been in that in um, a long while. I was actually really delighted the day that I was doing that challenge of trying to get all the rides done in a day because it was closed for oh, renovations nice. or closed because I don't know, someone got too bad of a concussion on it. Some for some reason Standard. it was closed and I was yeah. so delighted. <laughs> like there's so much land. When you look at the maps, there's so much land around Indiana Jones. And like you mentioned Cars Road Trip. There's so much land there. And you know the road up to Cars Road Trip where you have the laugh and go food truck on your left. Yeah. Even the paving looks like it's going to be the paving for the lake you know it's very classy yeah paving so yeah maybe car's road trip is just is entirely temporary um which would make sense and maybe Mm. in the plans we're going to get like whenever we get this third uh gate (laughs) we're going to get you know an (laughs) an upgrade for this uh well. well like the whole point walt said himself disneyland will never be finished and Disneyland Paris uh, has taken that very literally. <laughs> it's yeah. like Disneyland Paris will never be started, really. Um, it will never so, be clear on what the theme is. No. It'll just kind of keep 
keep no. keep evolving. Oh, we have like so. This was just all about you. This first like whatever we are half an hour through now, um. But we do have more to talk about for the Symphony of Colors later on. So we will get into the meat and bones of what I think about the shows and whatnot. Um, do you have yeah. any trip plans? You, you mentioned like a ten euro flight you found. Yeah, I did what, get a ten euro flight for Gwelling, which you is don't have to say when airline. exactly, just just generally months. Yeah, no, in the uh, in the middle of March, I'm going on a solo trip. I don't have a return flight book, so maybe I'll never come home. But, yeah, maybe you just still like, live over there. Yeah, <laughs> get a job over there, selling bagels. And yeah, and I'm planning on doing a bit of a longer trip. Usually I do one night or like two night trips if I am going solo. Because honestly, if you're doing the early Aer Lingus flight or Air France flight and the late one home, that's kind of basically two full days. Especially when you're going solo, that is a lot of time to get what you want to do- get done in the park. And for me, if I have any videos around that I want to do, that usually gives me enough time to do it as well. Um, but this one, I think I want to do a bit of a longer one. I don't know, just to kind of change it up a bit, especially because March is pretty quiet, especially um, it's going to be before St. Patrick's Day, so it'll be kind of quiet in the parks. Yeah, and like I've been to March a few months, a few years in a row now, and it's my birthday month, and generally um, it's nice weather, nice and cool and crisp, and I wish blue skies for your trips. Putting it out there. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, Somehow I have two trips booked in March, and somehow... Um, I'm not going when you're going. I'm not going when Megan's going. And it's like, <laughs> how is this happening? If I have two trips booked, um, no crossover whatsoever. But that has been the introduction to. Trips? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, a big plan for my trips. Um, so, uh, well, it's Paddy's weekend because I mean, like, as the kind of Disney ambassador for St. Pat, unofficial Disney pastor, I have to be careful here. Unofficial yeah, Disney ambassador definitely. for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um. <laughs> People have told me that I should be there for St. Patrick's weekend, so I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, you this should year. be in the car with Mickey and Minnie. When they come it. down in the car, I'll, I'll just bring you my should car. Should be in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and like, do you know the way they set up this this uh, very disappointing meet and greet, non meet and greet out in in front of Plaza Gardens, where it's just the backdrop. You take a picture with the backdrop. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking of just standing there and let get like a cast member come over and pretend like it's a meet and greet with, for me with <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and just be handing out badges and stuff like you know and and you know whatever people are like all good all good all good vibes um but yeah a lot of people have said like i'm hoping in the past that you know we got little pre-shows there's a lot going on now with um sky parade and dreams so i don't know if we're gonna get a pre-show but the irish get treated well over there so um hopefully we can yeah definitely i mean we're one of few that get our the holiday celebrated, so well, it's pretty a good much the only one who like apart from Bastille Day, there's no other, there's no other country um, that gets this nighttime show uh, edition for any country in the world at Paris. So there you go. Um, and then the same week, um, I'm going to the AP party. So that's oh yeah, be, I forgot that was on. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Like, oh, I just wish they would just. They just go full French on the on AP parties, don't they? Like they just go, like even that's not yeah. even a language thing. But they get, uh, they get, uh, Jimmy and Betty. Like out. the treasure uh, map when we did. Oh, stop! The that one that I came to was a um a scavenger hunt one, but the instructions were all in French, and we tried translating the website and that kind of thing. And yeah, no, it just didn't really work. 
Yeah, so I asked uh, Disneyland Pass Instagram account to put out a thing saying, oh, do you have any questions about the night? And I asked the question, is it going to be fully bilingual? Because I think it's kind of important if you have to come up with a passcode to get into the part of the land with special meets for characters yeah. that you might be able to like speak the language or something. And then I saw that DLP report on uh, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, um, X, were saying that uh, you can literally put in a Google search saying common words between English and French that spell the same. <laughs> oh, and yeah. This would be super would handy. Be like, a clever idea. You know, yeah. Croissant or something like. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Like, they didn't answer my question on Instagram. So I'm kind of getting scared now. Um, but they say they're going to have 70 characters out on the night. Oh, wow. And, you know, I think that the Christmas Beauty and the Beast night went pretty well, apart from the fact that it was on a Thursday, um, which is not cool for Skagul. And yeah. <laughs> this one is Friday. I don't think it's sold out still, which is fine by me because, you know, it means less, more room or whatever. Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's going to be a, I'm going on a one nighter. So, um, I'm going to just like arrive at the parks, hopefully at about half six, and then go till Straight 2 a.m. And then magic time the next morning, and then <laughs> whatever, just deal and with then it. Home. <laughs> yeah, and then home. Back to the kids, you know? Um, so that is my plan for March and then the rest of the year will happen, whatever. It's all good. Um, yeah, that, that's how I'm like, go with the flow. That is the very friendly roasting of Happily Ever Ashling. Thank you for your time. You're going to stick around while we go through the news and whatnot and give us your thoughts and um, what, all, the, all the good stuff. So we're recording this on, it's not Sunday the 12th of February anymore. It is, <laughs> this is meant to be Sunday the 12th of February. It's Wednesday the 21st <laughs> of February. This is how how long it takes to get people to sit down together um it's wednesday the 21st <laughs> of february and um, it's a good thing that we're recording this now because there's news every day uh, and that's just regarding disneyland hotel so um we had a, around the, of the christmas season i was over there in november we did a podcast then and um, nothing else really happened at christmas they kind of added on a few happenings in um, that were very late notice, apparently, even with regards to cast members, like getting told um, very late in the day that, oh, by the way, you're you're heading out into um, Town Square to do this kind of thing. Or the Aurora show that was happening in Castle Stage, that was apparently very last minute as well. And um, I got kind of frustrated because we went over the first week. This always happens with Disneyland Paris. You go over for what you think is like the launch week and you're expecting to like make content and whatnot. And then like two weeks into the season, they bring out a new show <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, hang on. I've spent my money just going over making content, you know, hoping to get through the season. And then there's a new show that I have nothing on. So like, do I go back or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we were there for the last weekend of Christmas was literally the last two days. And um, we were standing at the Christmas tree and we were getting pictures and the girl that was taking our pictures just happened to say, oh, and there's a parade happening now. And I was like, I was like, okay. Well, and she was like, oh yeah, it's not, no, it's not on the app or anything like that. No, no. And so a parade came and it was great. And Mickey and Minnie were up on the train station and the characters all got off and came into the, the gazebo in the middle. And I hadn't seen even anything on social media about it. And this was the very last weekend. And usually I kind of, you know, spend too much time on TikTok. So I see what's happening all the time. But I hadn't seen anyone post this as if it was, um, like oh and they've just introduced it or it's this new thing so yeah i couldn't believe it when and that was just by chance that we happened to 
be in the right place at the right time that we see got to see the parade and it was really quiet like there was hardly anyone around because obviously the top of main street is where people come in to go off into the park so no one's really hanging around there unless you're kind of meeting Winnie the Pooh maybe or Tigger I think was there um, or going to City Hall you're not really hanging around for too long but yeah so there was hardly anyone like we were able to walk from the footpath back to um to the gazebo and then round the place like there was so much space there was hardly anyone and it was just something that kind of came up last minute and it wasn't even on the app so I think yeah there's a lot seems to be a lot of things like that as well the princess show we didn't even get to see it because I wasn't sure what time it was on <laughs> no and, it, it <laughs> and we was... were just there for so short it was one of these strange, it was like as if they had made this show for Princess Week, but they went with a different show with Moana and Tiana and stuff like that. So they kind of just brought this out. Like, obviously, listen, full respect to cast members, the work they put in and all this, this is just like managerial decisions that we always are frustrated about with oh, Disneyland yeah, Paris. <laughs> like, the cast yeah. members are all giving the socks. And, you know, when they're doing what they do, they're making magic. Um, It's just the planning is is weird as as they know more than anyone yeah. else um so christmas kind of went came and went uh, we had a, a a kind of a cowboy cookout actual barbecue situation <laughs> which i couldn't believe um like it seemed like it was going to be out of action for months and i was like grieving over this place and then two days later it was back open with a with a plastic roof um but curiously enough they haven't like they haven't been serving sausages since <laughs> So I don't know. Oh, maybe it's, that was the issue. Maybe yeah, they're maybe, all traumatized from it now. Yeah, I don't really know what's happened there, but literally, yeah, you were definitely my first. You were definitely my first thought when I see the rest on fire. So I don't know if Stuart's going to starve when he gets over. That means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's. I just think it's a great place, and the fact that you can like be sitting there outside with the the wasps trying to drink your coke, and you're watching like mini meeting characters, and then goofy comes flying over from the other section and you're just there chilling and i just love it like and the food is is great like let's be honest it's probably microwaved but like it's just nice you know i like it um <laughs> yeah no i like it though so we had the small matter this is probably gonna make up the chunk of the whole podcast and um, the small matter of the disneyland hotel reopening on january 25th um i am going through an entire roller coaster of emotions with this hotel um because what the experience that I got on the first day, second day was not the experience that, you know, they got a week later at the media day and is not the experience that happened in the days after the media day and is not the experience that you're going to get today in the middle of February. Um, so very frustrating. Um, I'll just go through some things like some bullet points of the hotel. Um, well, the Royal Banquet, I ate there. Um, there's like a lunch and a dinner. I didn't know that there was going to be different food at these at these two different um, times and then different characters. So they're kind of like doing your dodgy on that situation because at lunch, it's kind of a lighter menu, which kind of makes sense. But dinner um, has whatever higher quality and more substantial options. So like you get like full on lobster, like all you can eat lobster at, at dinner. Whereas you get like little langoustines at lunch and you get what could pass for steak at dinner. But at, again, at lunch, you just get kind of like more like stews and stuff like these kind of like saucy meats. Um, but yeah, it's all about the characters for World Banquet, really. You're paying 100 euro, 50 euro for a kid. And for lunch, you get at the moment, you get Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Daisy. And at dinner, you get 
Mickey Minnie, Pluto and Goofy. Which is kind of a bit strange when Plaza Gardens you get six characters. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. But people tend to be happy with the fact that it's royal outfits and whatnot. Yeah, I think definitely with any character dining, you're paying for the characters rather than the food. I think some people go in and expect characters and a great meal. But you're definitely just more paying for the characters. But that is kind of crazy that they have less characters for really a lot more. Yeah. It's the most expensive buffet, Disney buffet, in the world. So there you go. Um, what what was strange for me, but well not strange, it was actually a, a pleasant surprise, was that how much time you got with the characters. So obviously with a buffet, you're going to be there for about an hour, hour and a half. Just like... Everyone tends to go straight in and like get stuffed straight away, but you really want to take your time <laughs> in a in a buffet, character buffet. Um and like we had Mickey and Minnie, Donald and Daisy, and each of them came around twice. Like I remember Minnie came around once and um, we did our autographs, took some pictures, got her to do a spin, her lovely outfit or whatever. And then I was like, she went off and I was like, Oh, never got a video from Megan. And then <laughs> like she came back important. again. Yeah, she came back again. And I was like she was basically just hanging out. Like, she was in absolute no rush. I know it was like day... Walking around, day, yeah. This was day two, so probably it was lower capacity than it would be, um, like, for disclaimer purposes, uh, like, during the summer or Easter or whatever. Whatever, the hotel is actually in a state where they should have been ready to swing. open it. <laughs> um, but we'll get back to that later. Um, and, yeah, like, like we were tripping over like the characters were tripping over each other like if i had known that i was going to get so much time with the characters i would have set up like donald daisy dancing i would have like i would have taken a picture with yeah. the four of them you know there was just so much time and space with the characters and maybe that's the gig maybe that's that's what the plan is that you have loads of characters so much time um moving on then to tablet de lumiere um i didn't go to that so i can't speak f- for direct whatever but you get like two or three princess and prince couples and they come to your table similar to auberge but they're the couple so you get the prince and the princess uh, the food seems to be you know an attempt at, at a high quality it looked like for example sam for god did a great video on it and the food looked pretty good like as in um i'm not sure that you compare it to a high quality restaurant back home here or like i have no idea about high quality restaurants in paris but i assume they're world class um but yeah they're apparently going to put in a third restaurant uh ran by a famous french chef which looks to be getting put into the casa club um founders bar kind of area i don't know we'll see what happens i didn't know that there was a price band beyond 120 euro per person in a theme park hotel but i don't know how they'll fill that one but well like (laughs) The Disneyland Hotel, it's funny. So a lot of it has been done um, on feedback from particularly American guests and um, surveys of American park goers. Like, if you were going to Paris, what would you want to see? And this is what they say they want. So that's that's a lot is happening with the Disneyland Hotel. Um, there was a bit of controversy over the lobby art, which you might have seen me stood in front of it with Natasha Rafalski, our dear friend of the podcast. Um, I didn't have time to bring up the 2,000 issues that we've raised via the podcast. <laughs> um, but um, she, she was delightful, you know. I'm not going to have a go at someone face-to-face at the opening of a hotel. Um, but apparently, like, that lobby, that, that artwork in the lobby 
like isn't passing an awful lot of those ai tests that they can run these days where you put a picture into ai and tells you oh no whether it's being constructed by AI or not like it has a few glitches so i mean that's that's if the fact that it even is a question is bad i think you know the fact that yeah i think so. i think if the same with the the Walt disney world put out the thanksgiving poster where all the characters looked a little funky and everyone in the comments was just saying that was looked like it was ai as well i think especially you're in paris and like the stained glass windows in the castle were done by the same person as the help with the Notre Dame or something like that if I'm remembering from a documentary I think it should be on par considering it is the second probably biggest icon of Disney on Paris is the Pink Hotel and then the actual castle itself I think the artwork should have been I don't know definitely passed an AI check yeah yeah <laughs> um, we also had the castle plaque which is like on the floor in front of the uh, Main Street Railroad Station and I think that looks nice. I think they did a good job with that. From pictures, it's, it looks very good. It's clearly meant to be um, viewed from the Castle Club. I, I've seen like videos and stuff from the Castle Club looking down onto the castle and stuff like that. And the the castle looks properly proportioned from up there. <laughs> so it's a bit of a shame that they just did it for like the whatever 30 or 40 rooms that they have um, in the Castle Club. But yeah. Um, and then we have the Royal Dream tobacco. Which is the the kind of bippity boppity boutique makeover situation? Like, don't get me wrong, it's it seems like a fantastic uh, facility. So the people who went in, I was speaking to people who went in on day one and day two and stuff like that. Speaking to parents and other adults who went in um, since then, and it just looks to be an amazing experience. It it like kids, like boys and girls, whatever, like they're going in and they feel like royalty. And we had the the usual flip flop on the fact that you could book it if you were staying at a at a Disney hotel, and then they pulled that back to just being Disneyland hotel. They are honouring bookings that are made um, up to thirty first of January in other hotels. Um, but yeah, they've had to pull it back a little bit, which raised the interesting topic of like, why is this facility not available in the parks as well? For people yeah who it should be i yeah. always have also where they do the face painting in fantasy land they could easily have it have something like that there the right beside the dress shop it, i think it's like prime location for that kind of a thing where you have all the dresses and then you're like oh and you can also get a makeover across the across the road there with your with your dress purchase or whatever add-on um yeah i definitely think they should have it in the park somewhere not just in the hotels yeah, it was surprising to me how little they changed of the... I didn't know Disneyland Hotel like very well before the, the renovation. We just kind of fell into the hotel onto the sofa just to kind of relax during a, a day or whatever. Um, never stayed there, obviously. I never went to like a bar. Never, I went to inventions, but didn't go to... You know, just didn't hang out in the hotel. Um, But they, they couldn't move any of the walls anywhere in the hotel, which is strange for like a four-year renovation. So... If you ask me, like the Royal Dream should have, you should finish up with a princess meet. Does that make sense? That, like, that would been, make a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah. they put the princess meet down in the kids club, which is in the basement beside the spa. Um, oh. So it's a bit <laughs> bit of a strange uh, setup. Um, so about a week, uh, a week, yeah, a week and a half roughly after the actual opening of the hotel, which I fully paid for, by the way. 
um, they had the media event where they invited all these dignitaries and uh, you know other people to stay for free um, in the <laughs> in the hotel content and, creators yes something. put on well th- these are clearly you know mega content creators who you know get yeah. invited to different things every week if I ever got invited to anything that I would lose my life but um <laughs> so there was I uh, just I didn't like it I didn't like what they did where uh, clearly it was a marketing event which is fine mm. but um pictures went all over the world of like 10 or 12 princesses dancing down the stairs at the same time you know in a, in a kind of a show and that's not going to happen for people when they go yeah um the 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 princes and princesses um i really don't want to ruin the magic here please cover your ears if you don't but i think they were um let's say on a visit from a different kingdom so you're probably not going to see those faces um again and yeah i just felt that you know just watching the vlogs and things that it was a, a strange setup like obviously people got to see all the rooms and things which is great because we didn't actually see the suites like really at all um there was a lovely little girl i think it might have been part of make a wish um that got to stay in the frozen suite the first night um so that was great to see because i was worried that was going to be some famous french footballer or something staying in the frozen suite on the first night but it was <laughs> it was a lovely little girl who got to you know she got to meet elsa in the suite and everything so that's just that's what it's all about isn't it like making dreams come true yeah definitely not just taking checks yeah i think out of all the content that i've seen from the media day i think there was one girl that was vlogging that actually was really enthusiastic and seemed that she actually enjoyed disney outside of just being invited to this day i mean anyone if they got invited to stay at a brand new hotel in a lovely suite and get you know vip treatment for all for going to disneyland park would be really excited but i think out of all the content i've seen there was one that was very enthusiastic about actually being there that you know you could see that this was like a big deal for her in person as you said just like an influencer who goes to lots of things um yeah, that was an, it was an interesting content coming from that. Interesting. A lot of really comments. <laughs> yeah, a lot a um, lot of comments that gonna be probably disappointed as you said with the different things that was happening. Yeah, well, um so we have the flip flop of the visitor entry debacle going on. So at the start it was just exclusive to hotel guests. And then about oh, the day after the media event, they kinda said, Grand you know we have our pictures we have our videos <laughs> we have our press stuff <laughs> go and wreck the hotel please <laughs> and uh, but not really they only let in like you know a few dozen people per day so like their original plan was to have a queue outside the door um, where people were queuing from like you know 7 8 a.m there was no priority queue no regard for anybody with additional needs etc um and then you know you had guests who were paying upwards of a thousand euro per night to like like i have first hand not first hand sorry second hand um reports of people who were entering the hotel after a, you know i wouldn't say a tough day but like <laughs> a long day in the parks <laughs> and they were going back to what they like but like normal people are stretching for this hotel like it's not just people who are rich or whatever okay like clearly if you're paying a thousand euro a night for a hotel you're probably not worried about your bills at home but you know everyone yeah. has 
their everyone has their goals about their their money and whatnot you know who's the judge right but you have normal yeah. people like normal people who have normal cars at home normal three beds whatever like and they're just stretching a little bit to stay in what what is a dream hotel and yeah they were getting shouted at for like skipping the queue from people who were in the visitor queue like oh, no. it was getting nasty and th- that is not by the way that's just like a bad egg in the queue that's not a reflection on like the fact that like you know people people were queuing that's, <laughs> it's okay like it's okay for visitors to come in but yeah now my overall thoughts and i put it on my instagram um over the last few weeks is that um they had a good thing going with the kind of exclusivity and the fact that you were so uh closed in in the hotel it felt like you were literally um in the princess's residence if you get me and yeah. the more they open it up um the more they are clearly which we've seen are they are pulling back on the access to the princesses like i've seen yeah. lately the princesses up in the balcony and just waving down whereas when i was there they were mingling um so that's disappointing um and who knows what's gonna play out over the next few weeks and months with summer getting busy the olympics um we'll see how it goes so which which leads us on to unfortunately um the mixed reviews that have come out recently so TripAdvisor is clearly not somewhere you're going to go and praise any hotel (laughs) but i think (laughs) i think it's working off like a 2.5 out of 5 at the moment on TripAdvisor there's reports of furnishings being extremely worn already um there's this whole saga over bathroom robes or like spa robes so clearly there's a very nice claren spa um in the hotel and disneyland paris takes money off you for four people max to stay in a standard room and they only provide two robes <laughs> so if you were to go which it happened on day one day two like it wasn't like a fussy thing people were going down in their robes and their swim gear obviously uh not in the nip uh to the spa <laughs> and if you had a room for four and you rang down to reception to get more robes they were kind of like they were definitely saying um i'm sorry it's only like two per room or you know you only get two it's same with the slippers which you know we can manage with no slippers but the robe situation was very strange and it continues to be strange like on our our day one okay so technically there shouldn't have been anybody in the hotel before us now i know cast members had to test out the hotel a week before the actual opening that's fine um but i mean like day one we had nothing in our fridge which is meant to be uh you know stacked full of water and little snacks and um so we had to ring down for like snacks because you know you, you want the snacks <laughs> and just little yep. things like that like <laughs> it was like you would think that okay there's 450 rooms like send one person in the hotel to five rooms each to make sure there's a little checklist that on day one that all the things are there at least so especially when they know that day one likely isn't going to be a family who randomly decided to rock up to disneyland on you know the 25th of january or whatever it was it's going to be people who love disneyland paris and want to be first in the hotel and are going to be shouting about it yeah i think that especially that they know it's going to be people who have been waiting four years for it to reopen so that they can come back and stay in it and now like i think definitely it should be something that's just automatically like we have to make sure 
that everything's perfect for at least the very first week. I know that sounds awful. Like I'm not saying the service should slack for the rest, but I mean, if you're going, you're opening after such a long time, so many construction walls being on for months and months, and definitely the standard of it like should be exceeding expectations, not the other way around, kind of. And it's the easy things. So it's the easy things like the quality of the furnishings. That's just a budget decision. Um, little things like putting snacks in your fridge. That's just management, you know, like a, a kind of a supervisor or whatever situation. That just takes someone to put up their hand and go, I think someone should check all the fridges. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the ha- I, it kind of, I hate to say it, it, I think they opened it too early. Um, I think that they, I don't know why they picked January 25th, but um maybe there was a plan to get it open right before the new season um and you know they wanted it well bedded in before the olympics in the summer um but like outside where we stayed we stayed in the west wing that's beside the, the swimming pool but we were on the um i'm gonna say second floor i think it was so there's floors uh zero one and two so we were on two and zero was ground floor um but looking out onto the garden it was mostly muck it was mostly um like unlandscaped um tread marks of you know not diggers but like you know um, (laughs) cherry cherry pickers you know um and it was just like right below our room there was loose wiring like you know like electrical wiring yeah you know what it's it's all good like it happens but i think they opened it a little bit too soon um who knows the reason yeah but hopefully, like, listen, all we can do is give feedback and um, don't get me wrong, anybody that has booked to stay there is still going to have an amazing time. It's it's like, we don't know if you're staying there in the summer, if you're staying there next winter. I mean, hopefully through all this feedback, they're going to up the standard of the experience and the little things that we're saying. So this will enhance your stay and I certainly wouldn't be worried about like the fact that you've booked it and now there's a few bad reviews. Yeah, these are all things that can be fixed very quickly. So um, that kind of concludes the Disneyland Hotel section. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say about it, really. I, I think I th- because, like I said, my experience is probably very different to the experience that people got this week. But I am keeping in touch with people who are staying pretty much like every week so far. And no one has said that there's been a massive like drop off in the feeling of the hotel like a lot of people are saying that oh you ring up and you you ask for this and that and you kind of are a bit slow to i think there's an awful lot of new staff in the hotel um but yeah it's people are still saying yeah i I tuned into a a tiktoker the other day who was live streaming um and um i i still got the aura of the hotel i still got the vibe it's a very classy vibe it's, it's like you know all Disney princess music played on piano like obviously on a I couldn't say on a CD but like, <laughs> that's showing my age um, <laughs> someone has a Spotify premium account and is playing the <laughs> Disney music by piano so it's very classy you know you step into the hotel and it feels different from the other hotels so you do get what you're paying for in that regard and like I didn't go to the swim pool I didn't go to Lumiere's so there's an awful lot of stuff that I could have done but last tip for Disney Hotel if you have Disney Hotel booked and if you have Auberge booked just cancel Auberge please you don't need it you can meet like six princesses over the kind of two days that you're 
you're going. Um, so yeah, Disney Hotel done. We'll review it again in a month's time for all the all the updates. And when I <laughs> go back, gonna, yeah, it's probably going to be new rules in a month. So like, hold that, hold that thought. Um, very short note: we have different magic passes for all the hotels now. Um, going back to Disney Hotel, I thought the Disney Hotel ones were kind of boring. I was really hoping for um some sort of you know better magic pass or whatever um i saw this kind of lovely blue one and um i thought that was only for castle club but it's actually a generic magic pass situation so i've seen the santa fe ones i've seen the shame ones Um, i stayed in hotel new york the night before i stayed in disney hotel and i was like give me that nice hotel new york magic pass and they were like oh we don't have them yet <laughs> so oh, do, no. you want, do you know what i got i got a 30th anniversary I told you, I was just going to guess that. <laughs> I was like, come on. I have enough of those. Only so a few I, months late. Yeah, so I don't know if I can like, go, go back into the hotel in a few months' time and say, oh yeah, I stayed in January and I got, <laughs> and I got a 30th anniversary pass. <laughs> um, so then um, pop-up surprises. I don't know. Were you at the ones for like Q3 last year? I was at um, Tinkerbell and yes. Oswald. They so, ran very smoothly. I was very impressed by it. Just yeah, in your um, time, meet them right away and done. I mean, with characters, I'm kind of like a much like the annual pass party that I went to when I'm very happy with just walking past characters, saying hello, getting a selfie and going on. I wouldn't be for queuing an hour to meet anyone never mind like an hour and a half or two hours to meet stitch so i'm definitely the i think it it worked really well and obviously i don't know how they could maybe like a virtual queue or something for other characters in the parks but that format works really well where you have a time slot and there's so many people and you meet two and then you can leave and then that's kind of it i thought it just worked really well i thought after yeah, is, especially after like having been on your past that was, the parties that was definitely the vibe for the most recent um pop-up surprise as well like i had so myself and my wife have vanya passes so we had one slot on one day and the other slot on the next day so we got anna and elsa and then we got toulouse and berlioz and um they were like it was it was like straight in get your picture like i'm not one for queuing for ages but not that i like to take my time i just think um like the characters um don't want to just do picture next picture next picture next yeah it's a, it's a like that's not much of an existence for them um so yeah i always like to say something at least um yeah, it, yeah it's it, good to have a good prompt going into it to with something to say that you know that will get a good reaction or help like get them to tell you a little bit more or something like that always helps it gets much better interactions and makes the long way it's actually worth it if you can have like a question or something on hand yeah i, I will say that the, that the kittens um the kittens need to stay the aristocrats so like i'm talking they could easily reach like um duffy levels of fandom in paris like Definitely. i mean marie already is very big like she's on lots of stuff in pennies all the time yeah like, so if she is a very popular character and you don't see her anywhere in the park, then it makes sense because they're French that they should be already so in, in Disney Paris. <laughs> maybe we should kind of edge out Stitch and bring in the oh, cats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Go for it. A great plan. There yeah. we go. Um, so the electrical sky parade. Now this kind of links in with the whole symphony of colors and you are our first guest on symphony of super fans i thought that was a great thing i thought it was a great thing <laughs> and wait till you see the cover <laughs> yeah, art for the podcast too. episode um <laughs> so i mean each individual part of this is cool right but i have no idea what's going on with this season like we have the amazing electrical sky parade um we have the million splashes of color um day hub show parade and um there's no connection between the two of those things and then we have the decorations down main street which have no connection to either the sky parade or the million splash of color parade so yeah i didn't i didn't even know about the decorations until i seen um malia's stories the other week and i was like oh they look very um tinkerbell movie vibes the flowers and that's what i was kind of getting off them and then i was like does that link in <laughs> who knows <laughs> we don't know so but they're actually really cool because they they clearly kind of reused the mechanics from the 30th anniversary uh spinning medallion thing and they have a screen in the middle of it now and they have screens all down the kind of flower things um going down main street and then they have used an awful lot of fake grass um, in the hub as well, <laughs> um, which is unfortunate. And then um, for a million splashes of colour, um, they have kind of splashes of paint in the central hub area, which again doesn't link well with Main Street at all. And every few hours or so, there's this Tinkerbell and Periwinkle show that goes on on Main Street as well. So every hour or so... Um, do you know like at Christmas time where Santa says, ho, 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 let's light up my Christmas tree. And then like yeah. there's a thing. So they've done this with um, Tinkerbell and Periwinkle whereby they just talk to each other. Um, I don't know if it's in English and French, but they're very annoying voices. <laughs> and like the main street oh, kind of light, lights up, lights up in a strange way. And there's really no payoff at the end. Um, so... Yeah, I, d- I don't know what they were doing with that. Um, so we'll just deal with it one by one. Electrical Sky Parade. Um, you've obviously seen enough enough content about it. That it looks amazing, yeah. I can say it looks without, really, a, really without a doubt that. Incredible. What you see on the phone, on the screens, on Instagram, TikTok, is not as good as seeing it with your own eyes. Seeing it in person. Like, yeah, it, I'm it very hits, excited it to see it. completely hits different. Um, I was one of those people that were like... Um, I would say lukewarm to warm when I saw it. I wasn't like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was like, okay, this is great, but will it hit the same as Disney Delight? And then yeah. um, when I saw it and you get the whole wraparound like music and stuff and I, I stood back on Main Street to get like the big effect of the drones. And yeah, it's just 10 minutes of just crazy music and <laughs> It's like a drug. It's like you're. you're I was. <laughs> I was like whistling that for the whole weekend. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Like, hats off to the whole uh, drone assault and drone team at Disneyland Paris. Like, is there anything they can do wrong? Really, they they kept on improving. Delight. They brought us the Avengers show, and then they brought us Sky Parade. And who knows what's going to come with whatever's happening in studios. Um, 
on, so moving on um is the million splashes of color parade which like you said earlier in the podcast um lacks color <laughs> like apart from yeah. the dancers the dancers um outfits are great i do you know what's happening with the boxes um no no I, no one does i think i think that this parade really would have been perfect for walt disney studios which sounds a bit odd but when you have it looks like it's being brought to life like it's it's in motion as if it's like in production in hollywood you have animation academy in studios it's the same kind of vibes where it would fit i think really well over there i feel like after dreaming time brighter everyone was like it was that was just so colorful and like you know i feel like that i feel like that's going to be the standard now that everyone is going to be compared to which probably isn't fair because that was just like a just knocked it out of the park with dreaming time brighter but yeah i don't know i think i'm hoping i'm hoping that it is better in person than it is and we're also in winter time so we don't have blue skies it's a lot of gray the videos that i've seen mostly is bad weather um I mean, even Dreaming Time Brighter in the wintertime wasn't as colourful as it was when you have a blue sky. So I'm hoping that that's just the case. Yeah. What do you make of the music? Um, It's not bad. I don't mind it. It's a, yeah, it's okay song. The I like the main song. And then I think that the mix is a little bit um all over the place, to be honest. I think some of the, some of it hits really good. I think there's um parts of Beauty and the Beast in there, um, that really hit good towards the end. So the way it's done is that like the first part is old school, like you know, thirties to sixties, and then they go through the the Renaissance of the nineties, and they have modern music at the end. Um, but yeah, some of the I I thought that actually it's a good um like Disney one hundred song almost yeah that it went because it went through everything. And kind of you have bits of on all the different decades and everything like that since they're doing the decades collection. Like it worked well for that. And now we're out of Disney 100. <laughs> so yeah. maybe they wrote it in thinking that it might have happened around Disney 100 before that. Yeah, I, I think it has everything I think it. it has more songs than it does for Dream and Shine Brighter. I think I think you only get like one line of a, of certain songs, which is a shame. I always thought that with Dream and Shine Brighter, you always got... A few, a few lines of the book. Good section for each character. Song. Yeah, like yeah. They always had a little bit of talking and things. Like I think poor Asha gets, like maybe one line, in the whole thing. Um, oh. Moana tends to be um, sporadic in her attendance at the parade, <laughs> so she's. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> just the people watching, like Moana is very busy in Montanui. So if she's if she's too busy in Montanui. She doesn't uh, perform. She won't be there. And then, oh, the the poor the poor people um, wailing like North Koreans wailing in the streets over Stitch not being able to meet um, during this whole thing, and him him in the par- <laughs> in the parade instead. Like, it's crazy. It's a it's another level of disappointment for people. But um, like, why couldn't they have Stitch meeting in studios, for example? Yeah, I keep him with just five. Let's take him out of Disneyland Park and, there as we go. said, put, put Murray and her brothers over there in Casey Corner, Casey, beside Casey's. But if, if Stitch is like this quasi-Duffy character for Paris, right, and you're taking him out of meet and greets to put him in a parade, but hang on, Mickey, Minnie, 
Goofy, Donald, Daisy, they can all meet, and they're in the parades. Like, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Natasha, are you listening? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, like, we touched on the decorations. The decorations, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like they're only here till May, which is strange. Um, they're kind of winter. Like, they have icicles. Everywhere. Yeah. That's what so, I thought. That's what that was giving me the Tinkerbell, that winter Tinkerbell movie. Can't remember the name of it, but that's exactly what it looked like. So if they were trying to emulate that, they did a very good job because that's what I got as soon as I seen Molly's pictures and videos of it. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't really make sense for they, they do the look, overall. They look thing. cool um, when they're lit up at nighttime. Looks really cool. But yeah, I don't know how it all ties together. And another thing about about a million splashes of color. Like, there's no pyro off the castle. The first few days they had this kind of gas leaking from the castle, <laughs> which is a bit strange. <laughs> um, but then they cut that, I think. I think I haven't seen a recent one where it has. But the, the songs tend to end in a kind of a crescendo that you would expect the Dream and Shine Brighter or the Jungle Jive big powder <clears throat> fireworks. Nothing yeah. happens. So oh. all I can hope is that they go against what I said earlier in the podcast and they bring in new things a few weeks into the show. Yeah, hopefully. So that by the time I'm there, I get to experience a better version. <laughs> <laughs> Where all the colours come out of the castle yeah. at the end, instead I of mean, gas leaking. <laughs> million splashes of, of white. That's all, That's what it is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I just think, uh, again, with the grey skies. I mean, that, but that's why I always, like... Sleeping Beauty Castle in Paris was always pink because we always know that we're going to have grey skies most of the year. So you don't put out a parade that's mostly white. In a grey. Yeah. Especially starting it in wintertime. If they kicked it off in summer, I feel like you'd be more forgiven of it in the wintertime. But because it started in winter, that's the first like glimpse that everyone's getting of it is the grey skies along with it. You know what's also strange is that I think all the practicing um, for this show was obviously done during the night time, like as in like 3 or 4 a.m. Mm. during the night. And I'd say it looks amazing at night time. I'd say with the lights. Yeah, actually. And with, like yeah. Main Street all done up with the with the unrelated um, Tinkerbell decorations. I'd say it looks amazing. Maybe the. I know, I would up. love a nighttime parade. I was very lucky at six years old to see the electrical nighttime party. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when, it, when it was there and all the videos and photos that we have, like it looks so good. So that would have been good to bring back along with the drone. <laughs> Imagine if you had iPhones back then. It would have been crazy. It would have been crazy. Oh, just I would have to... had all my content ready to go. There we go. You, you could be doing something <laughs> else by now. Um, <laughs> they're also having a problem with like the, the floats and the parade in that like I think they're regularly broken or whatever, which is strange because surely they just reused the ones that were there for Dreamshine Rider, but um, apparently not. Maybe they're keeping them for something else. Fingers crossed. <laughs> they're going to bring the bring Dreamshine Rider back out without this hideous spinning medallion on the side of it. So that is a wrap. Thank you so much, Ashling, for your time. Um, I wanted about 20 minutes of contribution and you've given me over an hour and a half nearly <laughs> so <laughs> thanks so much and um, we will definitely have you back on i i 
I thought that you might be able to talk for Ireland and you've 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 proved me right. Succeeded. You I finally have someone on <laughs> the podcast me on. who can who can uh talk me down <laughs> and like, prevent me from talking so much, which is great. <laughs> because um, I have a terrible <laughs> habit of talking too much on this podcast um, but thank you so much uh, that is a wrap on episode 10 of Irish Ears a Disney Fancast you can keep up to speed with myself Stuart at DLP Tips for Irish Ashling at Happily Ever Ashling and Megan who can't be here on Megan Loves Magic socials um, yes thank you to our specialist Ashling again it's been loving having you and we'll have you back anytime at all but for now we will say Abiento See you soon. Bye. Bye.